0: Welcome to the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast, where the principles of person-centered care come alive. This month, Ann Garten is joined by the founder of Argro's House for a discussion about healing from trauma. Welcome to the IPCC podcast. My name is Ann Garten, Director of the Institute, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. I want to share a trigger warning for this podcast. It may be emotionally difficult for those with a history of sexual violence, intimate partner violence, or other traumatic experiences. Today, I'd like to introduce to our listeners Dr. Argro Kit Evans-Fort from Argro's House of Healing and Hope in Davenport, Iowa. Welcome. Thank you, Anne. Good to be here. I wonder if you would share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, um, my name is Dr. Kit Ford. Um, I actually um, teach here part-time at St. Ambrose in the Department of Theology and um, also women's studies. I am a former, well, I guess I still do this work in a way, you know, my background is in community development, chaplaincy, I'm a hospital chaplain, um, and also women's rights and social justice. So, um, you know, having that background and and being privileged to work in different contexts around the world with women healing from violence and abuse. Um, years ago, as a seminary student in Berkeley, California, I had wrote this senior project about about um, the senior paper about this Women's Center for Healing and Hope that, um, you know, I wrote it down and I, you know, didn't think anything of it. It was about this center where women, survivors of violence, and their children could come and receive free, holistic services. So everything from um, domestic violence support group to yoga to cooking and sewing classes. You know, I realized that women, um, you know, heal in their own unique way. And so, having a safe place to be able to do that. So, and you know, in the plan, it was I was talking about developing relationships, taking five years to develop these relationships, and um, to um, have people volunteer their time for free if they would counselors, therapists, massage there, all these different, you know, professions, and um, you know, didn't realize I was putting my senior seminary paper 10 plus years ago into practice here in the Quad Cities, and after five years of being here, um, told my husband about it, and him and my church, Gray City Church, helped me launch Our Gross House. You know, much of my um, passion for um, working with women and trauma, sub- women survivors of violence and their children, you know, stems from my background, my personal experiences, you um, know, being in a home, I had a very loving family, but there was domestic violence, um, you know, throughout my family with my mom and then my siblings, my older siblings. Um, And then years ago, when I was serving as a Peace Corps volunteer, um, I became um, a survivor of extremely violent sexual assault. Um, And so fought through that to overcome post-traumatic stress disorder, um, to go through a trial where the man was a serial rapist and received 46 years in prison. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, um, it was difficult, but I had the support of the U- U.S. government and the FBI, you know, to, to help me with my counseling and, you know, protecting me every step of the way the best that they could. Um, and most women don't have that That's support. Right. And so I was privileged to be able to fight through and move forward in my healing because I had the best possible care, mind, body, and spirit that I could get. Um, and so what a privilege to be able to be blessed with that. And so, you know, my goal in life is to help provide women who who don't have those resources with the opportunity to to gain what they need to move forward in their healing for free.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. that's very powerful. And tell us a little bit about what Our Gross House then does, because it sounds like some of that is built into into that program.
1: Am yeah. I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what we do? We're three years old, so we're still an infant, but we're moving. From, not an infant. Yeah, a, oh, toddler, a toddler now. Yeah, yeah, we're a toddler now. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> getting strong getting taller. Um, you know, with the help of the community, we've been able to do a lot in three years. Um, thank you, God. And thank you, community. Um, But we are, we literally um, purchased a house about two miles from St. Ambrose. Um, And literally in our living room space, we have, we had support groups, everything from domestic violence. We would have a massage therapist come in once a month, a chiropractor, um, art therapist. Um, COVID has made things look a little different. Um, and so, you know, we have now virtual domestic violence support groups. We go to animal therapy, Mm -hmm. um, at Midwest Animal Therapy Center, um, and we do, um, a feeding program in partnership with the Riverbend Food Bank. But what makes us unique? Two things. You know, many of the women in the program have journeyed with each other for over two-plus years. Um, You know, so it's not just... um, a service program where women come in for a few days and then, you know, leave or a few weeks, you know, it's really a community of women that are journeying with each other through the good and the bad when they're happy, when they're sad. sad right? right. Um, you know, and, and another thing that makes us unique, um, you know, years ago I had, um, you know, we're a bath and body social enterprise mm-hmm. as well. I should have brought you all gifts. <laughs> um, next time. Next time. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, years ago when I was a a seminary student in Berkeley, I had – classmates who were at Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee. And so I would go and visit. And I heard about this uh, woman Episcopal priest named Reverend Becca Stevens, who founded a uh, bath and body social enterprise called Thistle Farms. Um, And she had combined a healing house two year free residential program for women survivors of sex trafficking, um, and women healing from addiction. Um, But they had these um, amazing, Bath and Body products, um, you know. Now, twenty-five years later, um, they're a multi-million-dollar business. They, you know, do work all around the world, and and they help organizations like Gargro's House be able to move forward. and, and Becca is my, my mentor now. You know, years later, and so um, I knew that having a Bath and Body Social Enterprise and a healing house for women was possible because it had been done before, and I had this model of this very strong, compassionate Episcopal priest, and myself. I was a chaplain, you know, so I, I knew that we I could combine ministry with assisting women in healing from trauma and also start a business that, you know, made beautiful products that were great for the skin. But also um, helped women in their healing. I always say that hands that were once beaten black and blue are used to create something beautiful and a safe space that celebrates who they are.
0: And I can honestly say yeah. they are beautiful because yeah. I have bought Yay! the products. So, and I love Yay. them. Yeah, and right? we're, I mean,
1: we're three years in, but we're continuing to grow and our products are getting better. Our brand is getting better. Um, you know, I have a, a mentor. One thing that I, I'm realizing on the journey, you know, I'm grateful that I'm able to mentor people now. Sometimes I'm like, uh oh, maybe I should wait a few more years before I, you know, mentor in that way. But, um, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. Um, But, but what I've realized is that we have to, it's important to have great mentors. Mm-hmm. And so, um, our Bath and Body product company, the the island, and I guess this is part of my healing as well. The island where uh, my assault happened. I um, before COVID, I take a, I would take a group of a missions group back there every two years, and the last time I went, I saw these. We had just launched our gross house in 2017. This was in 2018. I saw these beautiful soaps in the National Museum. And I said, this lady needs to be my mentor, you know, my, my product-making mentor um, as it relates to the chemistry and the product development behind it. Because, I mean, mind you, I'm a chaplain and a community development worker, mm-hmm. not a cosmetic scientist, Um But um, yeah, she agreed. I met with her before I left the island. And um, so she uh, mentors me from the Caribbean. Every time we create a new product, she coaches me um, on, you know, everything down to the ounce, the color, the chemistry, the pH levels. All of these different things. So her name is Anastasia, lives on the island of St. Kitts and Nevis, and um, she mentors us to make our products great and natural and healthy. Let's talk a little
0: bit about that and also how then that assists those who use our gross house to to – you know, process through their trauma and what have you, and how that process also helps them with some life skills and and Mm -hmm. those types of things to Mm -hmm. function and and be able to be self-reliant and and move forward.
1: Absolutely. You know, the interesting thing that, um, I mean, a few things, but it's been so cool seeing how some of our first survivor employees... Um, are now starting their own businesses. Excellent. Yeah. Success. Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. Um, You know, women come into the program, and if they have been um, literally and metaphorically and spiritually, mind, body, and spirit, beat down, you know, um, and left for dead in some cases, um, you know, if they're brought into a safe space and told that they are – awesome and that they can do it and that they are loved and gifted and talented even though we're making a soap sometimes you would think that we were like um Uh, Heading to the Olympics? Well, (laughs) heading to the Olympics or creating uh, the prototype of, you know, that's going to help to save the the world, world, right? right? Because you would hear, oh, look at that soap. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. It's beautiful. Great job. You know, and when we talk about that affirmation with children, I think for adults and especially people who have... Um, been beat down in so many ways, when they're affirmed, when they're loved, when they're respected, when they're shown their worth, and when they're given a skill set that can be translated into other skill sets, maybe that they're, um, you know, more... uh, people are passionate, the ladies are passionate about making soap, but many of them have their own aspirations outside of Argos House as well, which I'm totally, some of them I want to keep. Please stay, you're making amazing soap. But many of them, our our goal is to help them gain the confidence so that they can move forward and spread their wings and fly in a healthy way. And we'll still be there so that they have the resources and the emotional and psychological support that they need on the journey. But I think that when you are... um, When you have a business or social enterprise that is, you know, led by by women and we don't really have a huge hierarchical structure, we respect each other, we um, journey with each other, we're in the kitchen, um, you know, using our hands to make soap together, we're laughing, but then also... It's oftentimes a safe place for people to lament and to process the things that they've been through. Um, and so it becomes a safe space to cry, but it also becomes a safe place to laugh as well.
0: Well, we know um, sport groups are, can be very person-centered in healing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and allow them to um, work through that, through their stories but in solidarity with each other as Absolutely. well, right? Yeah. Um, and how do you how have you seen the process of breaking their silence strengthen their their individual self image and reclaim that power of, of themselves? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think
1: I mean I'm thinking a couple things. COVID, you know, was a very um, difficult experience for so many, especially trauma survivors. So. We would hold in-person support groups, but because of the pandemic over the last year, we switched to virtual support groups. And if you're working with a trauma survivor that may have um, anxiety around um, maybe technology or... Um, people be other people being around or other things, you know, like people just may not want to join a zoom support group, you know, and it's, it's a little different Mm -hmm. in person versus, uh, technology. Um, you know, so, I mean, some people like teletherapy though, but often some people don't. Um, and so that, that has been, um, you know, it was, it was tough to see the reality of relapse and you know, depression and other things um, happen throughout with a lot of the, with some of the ladies throughout the pandemic. But you now, prayerfully, we're getting on the other side of that. I know we had our uh, feeding program yesterday, and many of the women I got to see when they f- picked up their food box and they're like, When are we going back into in person? I'm so excited. You know, we're um, blessed. We're renovating a space in Moline now. Um, just got the call today that they'll be knocking down the first wall tomorrow, but it's about eight times, no, I'll say four times times—the as large as the space that we're in now. And so we'll be able to have our support groups there, but we'll have our first storefront as well and a large industrial kitchen space. Excellent. Yeah. And so the ladies are really excited about that. But, you know, I think that support groups, I'm just going to keep it real there. Are a couple things I'm thinking. The thing about the women of Argos House is that many of them journey together, um, like for an extended amount of time. It's not just a group, right? For some, it is. They come, they go. But for many of them, they've been there and they will continue to be there. Some people leave. Some people stay some people come back some you know it's it's um so it's lots of different personalities yes, right indeed. so in the midst of lots of personalities for an extended amount of time there can be some conflict you and know that's where we have to respect depending. their value and their goal right and absolutely and that's goal. why we have a trained licensed professional counselor mm-hmm. there at all times to to journey um with the with the women in regards to that but i, I do think that uh, Oftentimes people suffer in silence, and when you have a safe space, a support group where you can share, where you can lament, where you can, you know, share the good and the bad, um, it does something to the heart, and it does something to the soul. And knowing that I'm not alone, what what happened to me was wrong, um, I can move through this, and I don't have to do it on my own. Right. Um, it does something for the mind, body, and spirit that that is uplifting. So. I'll, I'm looking forward to um, us moving uh, in the fall, moving back into in-person support group because it it makes a big Big difference. difference, And the women are really yearning for that again. Good. Yeah. So you also lead a program called Overcoming the Storm, right? So so Overcoming the Storm was um, a... a curriculum. One of my um, colleagues from from Yale. We partnered together and created a curriculum focused on um, trauma and healing and women. Uh, but it was all virtual. It was all online. But actually, um, Argos House was birthed from from this program okay. as well. And 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 it was like an eight week pro training program. And it's linked women, with spiritual care. Group. Am I correct in that? Yeah, well, yeah. The thing is, like, I am a Christian minister. Mm-hmm. And a chaplain, um, and my husband is a pastor. Um, I mean, I was, I was, I grew up in North Carolina, and my mom is a Methodist uh, elder within the church, so it's pretty, you know, conservative. Um, But I was trained in Berkeley, California, theologically, um, and I think that God was very intentional about that because it really um, helped me understand. Um, the beauty of what inclusivity looks like and how important that is when serving not just trauma survivors but just people in general. and and what that looks like as it relates to the love um, the love of Christ. And I honestly, think and believe what he's called, how he's called us to love others, regardless of their social location. Um, And so, you know, that, that piece, um, I think, for me, unconsciously um, resonates in the work that I do and the work that we lead at Argo's House, we never turn anyone away. um, And, I pray that everything we do is grounded in the love and the compassion of God. Um, you know, I think just being in community—period. As I said, sometimes conflict can can come up, but that's natural. Even there was, even in the midst of Jesus' life, there were several conflicts that happened, but he worked through it, fought through it. You know, one thing for me, um, as a, a teacher of nonviolence, as well. Always, you know, we, I worked for a Franciscan organization for about 12 years, just stepped down. It was called Pache Bene Nonviolence Service, and we taught about active nonviolence, um, and we talked about how. Um, with, with um, active nonviolence connected to compassion and justice and, and the model of Christ, we put, what always put up two hands, and we put up two hands where we extend our hand, one hand out, having compassion for other people. But also having this hand up where we're pushing back against any type of injustice. No, it was wrong that you were hit in that way. No, it was wrong. It's wrong if you're creating conflict with someone else. It is wrong when ABC happens and it's okay for us to stand up and to um, work for justice. And even as it relates to policies around victims' rights, it is okay and it's important for us to to stand. Um, And I think that Jesus would do that as well. So as it relates to spirituality, you know, I I pray that, you know, the support groups we have, the therapeutic programming, we do have Bible studies sometimes throughout the year in person when we're able to um, massage therapy. You know, spirituality is different for everyone, right? It looks different for everyone. So we try and... um, listen to what the women want and what they need, uh, mind, body, and spirit, and we try to find those resources in the community. And if we don't have it, we make sure to refer to an organization that does have those resources.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So I think, too, sometimes survivors struggle with the idea of um, going to groups, right, mm-hmm. uh, because of the shame Something and the feel and, and the stigma and that sort of thing. And, and I wonder if you would share how walking in solidarity with one another assists in that healing and and working through the difficulties of um, that and and, and lighten the load, right, of what they're feeling on their shoulders and Mm. and that sort of thing. If you would share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I always think of two things, and I learned this really young. I always think about the difference between charity and solidarity, right? And I think about, like, two people kind of walking together. And, you know, in charity – I think sometimes, even though charity is connected to love, and I think also is connected to the love of what God has called and what Christ calls us to, to give in charity. Without charity, Argos House wouldn't exist. Our major donors who have made sure that we have two buildings in three years, you know, our um, River Bend Food Bank, who literally fed 25 families in our community yesterday, um, you know. Um, you giving us the opportunity to share um, which will allow exposure to Argos house and and people being interested in what we do not just with our services but also with our business and our social enterprise and so that charity work is so important but what i find is in things like support groups you know if you're giving charity and just charity oftentimes you're you you're a step you're a few steps ahead of that person, and you're kind of looking back, you know, giving them these things, but then it kind of is um, enabling them to be dependent on you, right, or your organization, right? Right. Um, but in solidarity, I often find that in solidarity, we're actually journeying hand in hand with each other, though solidarity is much tougher because that means that you have to have a relationship with that person. you're actually holding their hand, and more than likely they're gonna have two to three or four of sometimes five kids holding that hand too right right, right. Um, that mom's hand too, and so we walk with her, we journey with her, we um sometimes listen we push to her her forward
0: right and, and and help them lead mm. a little bit and learn some of that when we walk in solidarity with them. Let um, them let them mm-hmm. raise up. Right? Well,
1: yeah, I think it's important to listen yes. to them too and yeah. you know, see what it is that they want and I do think sometimes we do push but sometimes it takes it takes time to, for them to figure out what they want, what they need. But one thing that I've learned, a very hard lesson on this journey, you can't want more for someone else than they want for themselves. And sometimes it takes people some time to figure out what they want. And and if we're in solidarity with them, we have to um, sometimes let some things go, but then oftentimes just be very patient with that person as we journey hand in hand with them one thing that we're privileged to have is resources and maybe knowledge and connections that maybe this this, this woman trauma survivor maybe from a community that um, or may not have the same background or experiences that we have. I mean, all of us in this room are educated. We have degrees. We have uh, connections. We have uh, resources, right? And oftentimes they don't. And one thing that I've learned as a community development worker is that though we're in solidarity with, with the people that we serve, we're also blessed to have connections to connect them to those connections and resources that will do exactly what you're saying as far as the uplifting. Uplifting. Yeah.
0: Indeed. Yeah. So share in, in our final comments here a little bit about how the community can walk in solidarity with you and the survivors and what are those opportunities look like?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So things cheer- like as I said charity is always good um, and but one thing that we try and do like we have a social enterprise with great quality bath and body products so it's a win-win on both ends I can you are confirm it. you are using <laughs> you are you know buying from a for a great cost that literally is helping to um, help to help women heal on the journey and sometimes helping to save a woman's life literally um, but you're also getting great quality skincare products you know, so checking out ourgrosshouse.org, um, we're moving forward. You know, one thing about COVID, it really made us be intentional about our um, wholesale Um, pricing, not pricing, but our wholesale growth and also our e-commerce growth. And so we started a subscription box. So now we um, actually partner with other women artisans from around the world and our Hope box, our Hope subscription box, we feature our product, two of our products, but then also a woman artisan products from another social enterprise around the world. So that's been very successful over the last year. Um, You know, Another thing that we're starting to do more is corporate gift boxes um and so uh corporate faith-based organization universities nonprofits uh, financial offices and other things are starting to um, purchase our corporate gifts by the hundreds um, which has been really good for for our business and we love you know using our hope boxes to really curate for different businesses um i think just as for solidarity as well I mean, we, um, as COVID, as people start to get vaccinated and, and other things, we um, you know, are starting to open up the space especially as we move into the larger space for volunteers. Um, And we'll have this safe space for community members to come and tour and to interact with some of our survivor employees because it'll be large enough where organizations and people and ministries can come and volunteer and tour and even make, you know, some products with the women as well. So, um, and we'll have that storefront in Moline pretty soon, right on Avenue of the Cities, right next to Hy-Vee. So, you know, it's it's an area where people are familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, And so and also, I think just this conversation, um, you know, you talk about the person centered approach, you know, just just not saying just not all. I mean, I think I think that that, as I said, charity and love and compassion is so important, but really being sensitive to people, you know, just in our everyday lives, just taking that extra minute to actually just listen to people get to know them get to know them ask a, ask a follow up question really ask them how are you really doing i got a few minutes mm-hmm. you know even the people in our own lives i think that it helps us to be more I think just the one thing COVID did was slow us down a bit, but I'm interested to see how that translates when we we move back Back into the the real world, you know, post-COVID. But I think just this person-centered approach, not just as it relates to trauma, but as it relates to how we are humans in the world with our family, with our friends, with our colleagues. Um, You know, I challenge you and also myself to embrace that a little more in life because it can literally help to to save the world.
0: Indeed. Every yeah. day, right? That's Every true. day. Uh, take a pause and build that relationship just a titch more with somebody in that day that you've interacted with. Yeah,
1: yeah. and if we take the time, oftentimes it can be really a, a nice thing. Thank you very much yeah, for joining us. We
0: appreciate you and all that you and uh, Our Gross House does for yeah, our
1: community. Absolutely. And please check out ourgrosshouse.org um, or you can give us a call at 563-528-0892. Thanks, millions. And thanks, listeners.
0: The Institute for Person Centered Care podcast is produced at KALA FM Studios in Davenport, Iowa. The show is engineered by Dave Baker and produced by Anne Garten, director of the Institute for Person-Centered Care and nursing faculty at St. Ambrose University.